This episode of Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupans. And Zupans.com is where you need to sign up for the news feed. I've said this before. The free stuff. Why not while you're going to the grocery store? Get some free stuff. They have buy one, get one steak, free peaches. You sign up at Zupans.com. And what I do is I, while I'm in the store, I pull up my email and say, what am I going to get free? And there it is. Plus, check out their regional dinner series in Cellar Z Burnside. It's happening the second Fridays of each month. It's a four-course dinner with wine pairings focused on a specific region of France. October 13th, for example, we're going to Bordeaux. November 10th, the Loire Valley. You can get tickets, of course, at zoopants.com. And speaking of, did you know that their Burnside location has a beautiful wine cellar? The cellar houses a collection of rare and fine wines and is a great location for hosting really nice intimate parties, and you can do special events there. So check out the full list of wines, plus more on renting the space at zoopans.com. So that's at the Burnside location, two other locations, of course, at Lake Grove and McAdam and zoopans.com. This is Right at the Fork and a special Ristretto Roasters classic episode. I love right these the and I love Ristretto too. Yeah. So, so what? The, the idea is sit down and have a cup of coffee. Exactly. And, and listen. Is that what you do when you listen to podcasts? I do because I listen to them in the morning yeah. usually. I have them on. I do it while I'm driving. Yeah. But I do too. Yeah. But, but still, you can have a can great have a, cup of coffee a, a anytime. Cup of to go. And they have a number of locations, one right near here at right? the, the old Oregonian mm-hmm. building. Coin, Coin Tower's got one in there. Coin Tower and a couple of others. Um, so, yeah, best coffee. But anyway, great podcast. We pick, we pick some of the podcasts that we enjoyed from a couple of years ago when we didn't have as many people listening. So yep. we assume that we have an, a few thousand people who haven't heard this who have the opportunity. Yeah. This one happens to be with Adam and Jackie Sappington of the Country Cat while we were doing Couples Month. Right. Uh, on so right we, did do, we did do a, a Couples Month, didn't we? Right. We yeah. had Vitaly and Kimberly Paley. We had, who else did we have? Oh, we had John and Renee Gorham. Yep. Um, and we also had Jackie and Adam Sappington. That's right. And um, they, are, they run one of, I think, one of the best restaurants in Portland. Uh, it's out in Montevilla. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know... Tail to nose, uh, Ozark cooking since the since the original episode aired, uh, we've had one of the best cookbooks uh, from a Portland chef chefs that you can find, which is Heartlandia. It's exactly it's right. It's the most accessible cookbook I found of any that are released from Portland. Yeah. So, uh, and they're two really really nice people. Um, they're they they run a restaurant while they run a family, mm-hmm. and which is what a lot of people do. But you can really feel what they their heart and yeah. soul in this interview the other thing they did in addition to putting out the heartlandia cookbook is that they opened up a airport location of the country cat oh shit which, it, is, uh, which has well, become I don't need to say a shit <laughs> which has become the, my go-to spot when i'm traveling with my family we always go eat breakfast at the country cat it's everybody's go-to it's, spot yeah it's as a matter of fact you want to get you know if you have to get to the airport early now you got to get there just a little earlier right. and the service is fast and good because they know that oh yeah but country cat is like uh is a regular stop now it's 
you you go and take a picture of your feet on the carpet, and you go to the country cat that's, when you're flying out of town. Exactly what we do every single time. And I suggest you do that when you come to Mexico City in March with us. Uh, that's a good idea. Go go hit the country cat before we go to Mexico City with David Briggs from Chocolatel to David and and um, and Catherine Mantarola. Mm-hmm. Seven uh, nights, eight days in Mexico City doing the best of Mexico City. We're on our year four of doing trips internationally, and I'm really excited to go do somewhere other than Europe, right down to Mexico City at the end of a dreary winter. Here's your light at the end it's of the It's the perfect tunnel. time to go. It's, that's where we always schedule our, our getaway trips. Yeah, it's going to be a really fun trip, and a, it's less expensive than our European trips, yeah. too, so check it out. PortlandFoodAdventures.com is where you go to for details on that international trip. And where you go to hear this is just sit tight. Here in town? No, no, no. I'm very good. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he, uh, so I, this brings back him. Did you go in? Oh, yeah. Did you go in to but watch it? Was, him? It was all vinyl. It oh, well, of course. Well, I worked in radio when it was all carts, you know, hit the cart. Yeah. It wasn't all digital. Yeah, this fancy easy. Well, this you just have to like, do the mix and, you know, bring up. You had to time it. You had to time, time that. You had to get it going. Yeah. So, how long ago, what year was that? So and that what was, was he playing? That He did this show called Class Reunion every Sunday morning for mm-hmm. like 12 years. Jefferson City, Missouri, from, I'm thinking, 78, or 79 to probably, God, close to 90. Okay. And the 80s had some good Full music. on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so but what, it was all, but it what was kind all, of music uh, was that? It was all R&B, doo-wop. Oh, cool. Classic rock. And it was Sunday morning Sunday in morning. Jefferson City. Was that, yeah. uh, did it have a religious bent to it, or was oh, it no, the okay. people who didn't go to church? Very, they had some... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> totally. totally. They were keeping the party going from the night before, man. And so you're doing yeah. that now oh, yeah. in the restaurant business, keeping well, yeah. the party going from yeah. the night before. That's right. <laughs> brunch, man, seven days a week. Yeah, brunch. Ouch. Seven days. Who else does seven day a week brunch in Portland? That I don't know, is maybe, that is actually like a you know that isn't a breakfast diner does, kind of place. Does uh, doesn't Lisa Schroeder at Mother's? Does well, she yeah, do like seven yeah. days a week. That would be her deal. That's her gig. Uh, <laughs> I don't really know. I don't know of anybody else that does just brunch. So are you, either of you getting up for it? Jackie, you up for brunch in the morning? Are you prepping in the? Uh, I, I go, I go in fairly early. You know, I'm more the early one and I kind of match our kids getting out of school. So I'm up early, out earlier. Adam's in a little later. I'm out a little. He's out How old are the kids now? Nine and 11. Wow. Big boy. Yeah. Yeah. So they're, you know. It doesn't get easier; it just changes. You know their schedule. You gets got ten more easier. years till it starts oh. to get a little easier. I think. Yeah, I think. I was thinking about that. This it morning. just shifts. It changes. It just shifts. Yeah, yeah just but shifts. no, it does actually. I'm just telling you from my yeah. experience. It does actually, <laughs> at some point, get a little easier. Yeah, so yeah. I can call you. Like, no, you can't call me about <laughs> yeah, come that. Come on, man. Wait not? a minute. We're, we're here. <laughs> Especially if it's about babysitting. You know? no. Well, I'll do that, yeah, by yeah, the way. Yeah. So um, I'd be happy to do that. Actually, you know, I, actually, now that my kids are older, I enjoy younger kids again because oh, I'm yeah. not around them as much. Sure. It's a, you yeah. kind of you forget that and you miss it. I know Adam no. has been saying he's had baby fever baby a little fever. bit. I'm like, uh, oh no, wow. we're no, that's no. A, that's a big <laughs> that's a big difference if you're going to do nine and eleven and then oh there, yeah, you know, well that ain't happening. It ain't happening. <laughs> you're just having. <laughs> it's just 
So do you Maybe. wake him up, slap him yeah. a little bit, and yeah. then he goes, oh, Never. give me a drink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's usually the other way around. I know, right? man. I don't know what it is. Maybe so why do you spring. think you're having baby fever? I, don't know. I just love kids. I love being around them. I love the energy. I love watching them. I think they're so funny. So I, think, about, I think it's partly because our, our, our 11-year-old is kind oh. of in that tween zone and yeah. Kind of leaving the house a little bit well, more, a little, little more steps, independence, yeah. and I think he's like, oh, 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 hold on to this, my baby. But you know how it is. God, it's tough, man. When they're little, dude, because the kids were two and four when we opened Country Cat. Yeah, well, like, when had just turned two, and that's crazy time. Dude, I mean, brutal. But it's, I don't know. On top of that, a restaurant it. opening. Mm-hmm. Mm. It was insane. So how long before? So you must have been having the ideas for Country Cat. Birthing Country Cat yeah. when you were having the ideas about kids, right? Yeah, yeah for sure. So yeah. we started thinking. I the weird thing is I left Wildwood eight years ago today. Oh, congratulations! And, well, thank you. And we started thinking about Country Cat, or you know, really, really seriously considering it. Uh, the, the day year, after the, the year prior, no, yeah, the, the year, year prior. prior. Last, it was kind of last this, year. That's why I was probably say, eighteen I'm months sure. because we, yeah. yeah, we tried to raise money and all. So was it kind of a covert thing, or was it pretty well known that you were that you had I your made sights? It, I announced elsewhere? it to this, yeah, to Corey and the crew, and just slowly started. It just we had we had thought about moving uh, to Bend to open Country Cat because yeah. at the time Bend was booming. Yeah, um, it was kind of untapped. There were a couple, yeah, bigger was restaurants. Was there who was it? Jody, uh, can't remember that cat, but he he kind of had. Get a place and so, but and then you really would have been country cats. We bit, would have been more really so. Country. Yeah. So instead, you go to Montevilla. Yeah. Yes. Which was, uh, you know, in in Still Portland tough. food lore, a little bit of a risky move. Very much so. Um, yeah. There was nothing else there. Nope. Yahala, which is you know an institution at that point. At this right. Point. But you know, people that's that's where people would go. If they were going to Montevilla. It was yeah. to go to Lewis Rents. Yeah, <laughs> Mr. Plywood, A one, Yahala for a quick bite. Yeah, <laughs> and there's a movie theater over there too. Yeah. yeah. So, what was the thinking? Was it a rent, or did you just really want to do that? Did you want to break some new ground? What was the thinking? Well, the Academy Theater had just gotten refurbished, yeah. and bipartisan um, coffee shop just it was thriving, doing well, and we just saw a lot of people moving into this area because it was still affordable, little yeah. untapped, kind of sleepy. And when we came across the Dixon drugstore, which was, which was the, the current country cat, it just had this kind of old main street feel that was just, it kind of harkened back for Adam in particular, the days of mid of Midwest Missouri you know, Main Street, Jefferson City, the state ca- capital, where you go down and you get, a, you know, something from the soda fountain, um, say hi to everybody, you know everybody, and you move on your way down Main Street. And it, and we really, li- that was one of the feelings we wanted to capture with Country Cat. Yeah, and it was the gut. You know, you walk in. So you knew the minute you saw that space? That was the minute it? we went into it, it was like, the gut feeling was like, this and you good. and you knew the concept for Country Cat. Oh yeah, you had it completely <coughs> put together. Yeah, but you know how it is. Restaurants start to take on identities, right? So when you see the space, there's a little more of we can do that there. And yeah, that. I mean, we went from studs. You know, who does that anymore? I don't know. I mean, we, yeah, 
And we knew we were taking a chance. I think we looked yeah. west more than east. Because <laughs> yeah. the street goes west. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know. Well, you got to go over a hill. Oh, yeah. You know, there's that, there's yeah, that there's hump. There's a huge hill there's that a, we yeah. had to climb. <laughs> and when you're, dealing with, when you're dealing with a biking public, that is yeah. an issue, actually. Can be. Yeah. It definitely can be. But um, going in and getting the gut feeling and our, our landlord. There's a lot great. of history in Montevilla. Yeah. Um, yeah. Great old portland history that yeah. you know we learned about through the process and continue to to continue learning with it which deepens the roots for the, for it for us does yeah. does uh, gabriel come into the restaurant yeah. he lives right oh right yeah nearby yeah hannah worked for us for about a year right before she had their second baby Gabriel yeah. Rucker, by the way. I, yeah. I've learned that I can't just throw. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah man no, that's cool yeah so it was uh you know, it was a whole different skill set of pioneering a place and educating the neighborhood. And so what do you, what did you say, seven or eight years? I'm sorry. Seven. Seven. In seven years, what, have, what do you think was the most important thing that you learned to make Country Cat successful? What would you tell somebody else who was doing the same type of thing, pioneering in a neighborhood, new concept, which, by the way, I love the concept. As oh. soon as I heard Country Cat... For me, and I saw the logo, it said what you wanted to say. Oh, cool. Well, which you is, you know, thank you. Thank you. One of our Missouri and, and the kind of food you serve. It's, yeah. I've always, you know I've always loved yeah, it. Yeah, he's very loyal. But so um, so what do you think you've learned in seven years that is, was the, there are probably a lot of things, but what's the one thing that surprised you the most? That, I think that, it was uh, stripping down the layers on a personal level and just really responding to what the neighborhood wanted. Because, <clears throat> like I said, it was a matter of the identity of what the idea was that we wanted to see the restaurant turn into, and then what the restaurant actually morphed into from an identity's perspective. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that had to do with what the customer base wanted to see. So it was a, truly a matter of, of responding to that call, and that was the call of wanting to see brunch seven days a week. And that, was, that wasn't the plan? Well, not necessarily at first. I mean, we're, you know, dinner, house, and bar. We were five nights. It was just like. Well, I, th I think part of it, too, you know, we opened in uh, 2007, and immediately we had the Great Recession. Yeah. Um, for us, um, one, it was the difference of working in a taking being being high-level managers in a restaurant that mm -hmm. you don't own to going to owning everything and coming and going, you still are holding the bag to everything and learning to surrender to that fact yeah. and also to surrender to the lifestyle of being a restaurateur. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not days off, it's days out. You know, I'm not at the restaurant, but I'm, I always have my phone. Mm -hmm. um, and it's we, seven days a week, you know. I mean, that's what we're like. We're doing breakfast, lunch, and dinner seven days a week. Our rent's the same. We're not closing. Were you able to, after owning a restaurant and doing all that, look back at your days at Wildwood or, <laughs> uh, you know, days that you worked at other restaurants and say, oh, now I know why they were freaked out at that particular sure. moment? Well, I now I understand some of the decisions. You know, now I understand mm -hmm. some of the sacrifices, you know, because there's a lot of both of those that are involved, a lot of sacrifices. Do you, um, when you're making hard decisions at the restaurant, mm -hmm. your relationship with your uh, <clears throat> with your staff there, 
do you explain everything to them that may be some, some things don't need to be explained or shouldn't be explained or sure. how active are they in the, in the, not necessarily in the decision making process, but how aware are they as to what was, what's going on and what you're doing? Oh, I think that there's a front side and there's always a backside. The people that want to tap into the backside do. The people that aren't that concerned with it because they don't want to get mixed up just don't. And that's fine. I don't want to force it on anybody. Don't you think so? Yeah, yeah. And I, I think that um, we've had our core group of, you know, Kevin Crum and, and uh, Mike Eels have been just steady in the kitchen for almost six years. Well, yeah, six years and almost seven. But um, they get as much of it as they want. Jack and I are still super active in the kitchen and all the decision-making and the creative power and the butchery and all of those things that, that happen to make the restaurant identity the way that it is and also just to fuel the force of what happens. But as far as employees wanting to tap into what the true nuts and bolts of it are, if it's always every time I hire somebody, I say, you can do whatever you want to do here. You can open any door you want to do. I have no secrets. I'll tell you everything I've got. But it's completely up to you to, to want to cross that line. And You're not going to come looking for some, them. No. Some want to do it. Some don't. You know, that's a lot to take on to you know, an employee. To, they're just really trying to get the fried chicken right. Well, and I, I think with... And they do. So <laughs> yeah, they got that. They got that. That's the first step. <laughs> right. right. Fried their, chicken. Fried chicken. <laughs> step one. Is it, on, <laughs> is it on the application process? Some whole, like, six-step fried chicken? <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Actually, you probably don't want them to come in with too much. You, you want to... You want a blank slate, I yeah, would imagine. I want, yeah, we're looking at 18, 18 months to, to two years experience maximum. Well, you know, we don't really hire much beyond that. Right. Just because I like them green and I want to form them and it's a young person's job. And you know, and I, I think, I think the with the restaurant high. industry and I think pretty much with any industry that someone wants to make a career for themselves, it's, it's so internally driven no matter what you're doing. That if you want it and yeah. you want to go far, then you need to seek it out. Yeah, you got to you know, find it on your we, own too. The, the tools are here, but it's not. It's not just like freewheeling. Let's give it, give, give away the store. It's not that we're keeping. There's no secrets. But if someone is like, I really want to learn butchery or I really want to learn pastry, then you need to say, This is what I want to do, and this is the, the this is the plan that I want to how mm. I want to have that executed. And then we're like, Cool. You have a clear mind of what you want, and we can give you the tools to get to that point. Sure. And that's, that has been the biggest success with our long-term employees, you know, that we're here to help you, but you have to let us know you want what, you know, let, communicate with us on what you want, and we'll give it to you. So you have some people there that you know are going to either grow with you or grow outside of Country Cat someday. Sure. They're going to have to move on. Yeah. And then you have others that are just, they're doing their job and you don't know what's going to happen. Hmm, not yet. You know, I think that, you know, the, the opportunities are there at the restaurant. The ones that really want to find what makes them excited and tick every single day, they're the ones that are going to shine and stay with us for a long period. The ones that just come in and punch the clock don't last very long with me because I, I don't have time for that. And Jackie doesn't either. And the restaurant needs to have people that are... <coughs> forward thinking and thinking beyond the box and continuing to move themselves forward, but also just produce what the restaurant needs to be produced on a daily basis with a high energy level. So how do you identify that when you're talking to someone? Because usually you can't figure that out after until it, it after takes you, 90 days. It takes 90 days. Yeah. So do you have, is there a turnover there? I'm going to, I'm curious, you know, with your 
prowess as a butcher, mm-hmm. you must have a lot of people who want to come in and learn from they do. you. Um, you know, and if they want to do it, great. But it's up to you. I'll pay you. Clock in. But you know? I would imagine you're not going to hire anybody. You don't need to hire anybody who's just going to clock in and clock out on that part of the business. You want someone who wants to really learn it because they're going to be better and more motivated, I would Absolutely. imagine. Absolutely. Mario, that's been with us almost pretty much since day one, uh, has taken over over the years. I've, we've worked together butchering almost every single day. So he's taken over a, a, the reins with that through vision and also through direction. But He's taken that on so much that, you know, I tell him what to do. We, we go over different cuts. We look at different muscle groups. And the cooks that are involved in that are the ones that are benefiting from that. And that's my point. It's like, if you want to do it, you got to just pay attention. You got to dig in. You got to dig in to do it. You know, the, yeah. the thing that I find, um, you know, the way that our tables are set up, Adam's butcher table, we face each other, the baker yeah. tables. This, you know, we're facing. So I'm watching him butcher. He's watching me bake. And then, I, you know, we watch, you know, various employees come in and say, I really want to learn the butchery. I re- okay, great. Tell me when. Pick up your and knife. It, and it's really Let's interesting. It. It's like, okay, we just opened the door. You have to walk through it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some do. Some like, you know, they, they, the want is there, but the effort isn't there. Yeah. And, you know, that's, it's really interesting. It's, it's almost a study in human nature. You see okay. the people that really go after what they want. And they ha- and then you see the talkers that like, oh, I want to do that. But, you know, the effort that they realize that needs to be inputted in order to do it, then it doesn't always meet there. Well, it's tough nowadays, <clears throat> too, because we're in a click, click and, mm-hmm. and accomplish generation. Yeah, it is. Um, and I am, too. I can't, I can't point just, but you get to the point where you think this is going to do it. So actual physical effort, and that's a physical job. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. And it requires a lot of energy. So you now have a nine and 11 year old. How do you have the energy? How do you how do you keep it together? Because I'm sure there are days where you're just not feeling like doing it. Yeah. And you have to. Uh, it's just a drive to want to do better. I think it's just continually surrendering, like we said, surrendering ourselves to the decision that we made in order to open a restaurant and work it and work our employees to the point where they're feeling successful that motivates me every day to like were, get to that point. were there things in your both of your childhoods that would have that you look back at now and say wow i i showed the drive there that i that i'm utilizing now uh i mean i always wanted to be better than everybody else I were you an athlete because yeah. i think you're a competitive guy yeah <laughs> i am, Adam? <laughs> I am. I am. That's one thing about you that yeah. it's hard not to realize you're very competitive. Yeah. And, you know, we we had the uh, the deck was stacked against us at, out there in Montevilla, you know, to be honest. So but I think maybe that's why you took it on, right? Yeah, that's absolutely. the kind of guy you are. I think it was, uh, it was down deep that it was like, okay, this is going to be a real challenge to educate, to group, to, to put an American restaurant in a, in a very – working class neighborhood and respond to their needs and, you know, make them feel like this is their place. That was a huge, huge challenge. But I think, you know, we've, we've proven that we, I feel like we've met a lot of those. So what did you have in your past that enabled you to do that? Because you can't just open a restaurant. You you had to have somebody, but beside the drive, was there somebody who was a role model for you? Yeah, Corey Schreiber, for sure. Okay. Corey, Corey methodically helped me 
and he methodically taught me how to be kind to people but be firm, to get what you want out of people through uh, the power of nice, but also be directive and and getting the response that you need out of the individual. You know, because we always discuss that you lose 30% of what you're telling someone to do when it comes to a dish. If I'm telling someone how to make, you know, an asparagus omelet, I'll lose 30% of that when they're physically making it. So it's up to me to give that extra 30% <coughs> through the process. So I think that it it was that, and it was just, it was Corey's, you know, mentorship and taking me under his wing and helping me understand that I can do what I need to do through these processes. You know, it was staying at Wildwood for 11 years. I mean, you that's know. a long time. a long time, but, you know. Dustin was there for a good while, too. I, I mean, he was there longer than I was right. on his, on his, in his trajectory there. But uh, it was, uh, it was such a huge part of forming who I am, why I do the things I do, and how I view food and people and how to grow a business was was through Corey's direction. So I, I think if I so? want to just, I speaking about Adam, mm-hmm. um, I think innately for Adam, he has incredible tenacity and has his whole life. I mean, we've, we've known each other for almost 20 years now, so yeah. I feel like I can justifiably say I've got some tenure to see, right. to see speak it. A little, speak with a little authority. <laughs> yeah, on yeah. Um, but I know, you know, he... Um, he doesn't waver. And I think for even from childhood, you know, he had a very stable childhood. He, at his tenure at Wildwood, you see a lot of cooks jump around because they think they need to be in five million different places to get great experience, where Adam took a different approach and said, you know, I'm going to stay here and learn everything. And that tenacity and that um, drive to just stick to it I think is has been a huge part of the, to the success of you know having Country Cat be around for seven years at this point. Can you both remember where you were the moment you heard Wildwood was closing? Yeah, I was at soccer practice with my son. And I think did, I texted you, didn't I? I think I saw it on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, I think I saw it on <laughs> well, that's where we get a lot of our news nowadays. <laughs> know, it's it's kind of hard not to. Everything breaks there. I know. It's so crazy. how did? Uh, can you remember how you felt? Did you because you didn't see it coming? It wasn't news in the in the Portland in the stratosphere. World. Yeah, I was. Um, you know, I've got to be careful. I, I. Uh, well, you don't have to be too careful. Well, it's close. I know. I mean, well, for the people involved. I mean, right. I think Dustin did an amazing job of just staying focused and just putting out great food and supporting all the farms that were established through there. I thought the vision that Dustin kept was so spot on. He did such a tremendous job. I think that um, I had issues with how it was handled for him and handled for the period of time when, when I left and Corey left and, and uh, there and Randy and there were some management mix ups and I think some of the powers that be that were a little larger than, Behind the scenes, uh, I didn't support that so much, and that was one reason why it was time for me to go because mm-hmm. I had plateaued and done what I needed to do. But when I when I heard it, I was I immediately you know I immediately contacted Corey and just said I you know finally this chapter is going to be over because I thought it just needed to it just needed to go. It was such an amazing growth 
template for so many people, mm-hmm. so many chefs, and it's kind of our Portland family, and we have still are kind of contact with a lot of people that we met along the way, and um, you know, and you met there, so I mean, Jackie that, and I yeah. got married there, and um, I just was, I was kind of relieved that it was going to be put to rest, and and it 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 ended on a that it ended on the note that it did, but it was just, I think it was smart that they gave it a week and it was done, and not drag it out. And, all that stuff. I went down there in the afternoon to see Dustin on a quiet afternoon, quieter afternoon, and didn't really get mixed up in the hoopla because I just didn't, I didn't want that part of it for me. For me, it was just a calm, quiet goodbye, and that was it. You know, because it meant a lot to me. I spent a lot of time there. Mm-hmm. You know, and I wanted it to be respectful, and I wanted it to be clear. So that was kind of my. Vision. Well, things change, and Portland grows. It's, it's great, you know. You know, it's good, and I hope to see Dustin move on into something huge. You know, he's such a talented guy. You know, and the whole management team that was there at that point—they're so talented. I just—I want I to see the best. Well, I think we're going to see them. I, in I due, certainly in hope so too. Due time. Yeah. So, um, you do you keep in touch with a lot of the folks that you worked with uh, over the years? Portland is a really tight knit community. We know. Are there some? Chefs yeah. that you hang out with more than others, or, or yeah. not, not necessarily chefs, but other people in the restaurant business from Wildwood, or I think we have a we have a gaggle of close knit friends that stemmed from Wildwood, the early days, the early days of yeah. Wildwood. That um, we were all young. I was that we we had the mid nineties. I mean, I was right? started yeah. in ninety five. I left in two thousand six. I mean, I was twenty three. Yeah, and I left. I was yeah, we we keep in contact. We've had kids, you know, all of our most of our kids were all born at the same time. Um, you know, so we, you know, we're all super busy doing different things now, but we get together at least a few times a year, I think. Yeah. So part of being busy in mm-hmm. the restaurant business here is doing a lot of events. Mm-hmm. You know, and I've talked to Mr. Paley about that and how he feels. He was on his birthday. I saw him serving something at a charity event. And I said, what are you doing here on your birthday? And mm-hmm. This is what I do. Yeah. So um, how do you feel, how do you do all, you do a lot of events. You're oh, at a yeah. lot of places. All the time. And I don't remember, you know, when I lived elsewhere that these events were going on, but I wasn't really in, into the food scene at all in other sure. cities. But is this unusual? And is it is it a Portland marketing thing that you're at events quite a bit? I don't think it's Portland. I just think that television has has put in the consciousness of everybody that want, they want to see the chef. They want to meet the chef. They want to see what they do. And they open kitchens have, you know, taken down the wall, so to speak, to to get more of a personal experience with the cooks and the chefs and see what's going on. And it's exciting. People love the excitement of food. They love to watch people cook. They love to hear what people say, controversy or not. You know, I think that that draws itself to these large festivals that go mm-hmm. on or these small events that people need to do. Um, it's the hand sell that gets people to remember you. That was the marketing plan for Jackie and I was. You and know, still is. And still is. I mean, I put <clears> myself <throat> out to as many things as I can for charity, for for publicity, for uh, for anything that's going to put our name out there to keep it in the pipeline because we have to. It's and a you very can't just assume part. it's going to be there. I no. think that, I think that's a very that's an understanding across the board here is that you can't get complacent. No, no. you uh, have to. You can't start thinking push. you're you're the shit. And, no, uh, you don't need to do that. No, you can't. No, 
And then just when it just if you ever think happen. that, then you need to dig in deeper. Right. <laughs> yeah. But, well, if you ever think that, that's not the type of person that would dig in deeper. Right. That's, right. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Well, but we, we do them all over the country. And I give you, uh, you know, I give you a lot of credit because when I moved here, which was 2005, I wasn't yeah. even aware there was a food scene. Mm-hmm. None of the concierge at the hotels where I'd stayed made me aware of it. And uh, my experience coming out to visit you at Country Cat, where you were so gracious to me, I'd sit at the counter, oh, nice. try Thanks. this, try that. That was um, some of the impetus be- behind... Portland Food Adventures oh, that I'm doing, and John nice. Gorham had a lot to do with that too. Sure, um, but I there was no experience that I could I could have or bring someone to enjoy. Uh, you yeah. know, I started bringing people coming, yeah. and uh, I think that is what really makes the whole scene sing here because right. there's that interaction between diners. Mm-hmm. And all you people who are so talented and so incredible, mm. I still, you know, after getting to know so many people, I still just am in awe of the hard work you put in and the talent that you have, the food you put out mm. with a smile. Oh, thanks. Right? That's, that's very, that's very important. nice. So, really nice, man. Um, and I think you realize that. And does that, is that for you come from... Missouri was that, and by the way, I know how to pronounce yeah, Missouri. Yeah, you do. <laughs> my, 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 I'm usually pretty bad at everything else, but my father went to University of Missouri. So. Oh, he did in Columbia. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I lived there for a couple. He years. went to journalism school. Though. Yeah, big journalism department there. Well, in those days, that was it. That was it. So he was, was you know, pre Mad Men. Yeah, want to get into the advertising business. Oh, he man. went to University of Missouri. In my yeah. day, it was Syracuse. But oh, what? But at any rate, yeah. But uh, we heard a lot about. Yeah, it. I mean, I've always a, he wasn't he 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 brought none of that back with him. Oh, no really? Missouri back with him. At no all. kidding. Huh, yeah, nothing. there was nothing that I could identify that was down home Midwest genuine yeah. about him. My dad had a huge personality. He was just a very likable guy. I think I got a lot from him mm-hmm. um, on that. You know, I, I don't. I have no problem being in front of public or doing speaking engagements or anything. I I love it. I don't get nervous about anything. So you said he was in the in the he had a radio show. Yeah, he had a radio show. Was that a side business or was that what he did? That was pretty much what he did. Oh, and cool. then his side business was we'd play like uh like class reunions and we'd play like dances and stuff, but he had like six cassette recorders and we'd make all these tapes and we'd we'd um mix the tapes in order to get them in and out. I mean so it was like it wasn't Adam digital. and his brother were the roadies. I was roadie man. <laughs> In a high school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Lake of the Ozarks and like, you know, Mocaine, Missouri, man. Like, these, you know, little places that it was, I mean, it was, it paid well. You know, I was up late. I don't know. Then I got used to like being up late and I was like, then being a chef was like, you know, you're up late all the time. So was your mom, who was, where'd you pick up your love for the food? Food? Probably, I think through my mother and then through my great-grandmother. And it was like kind of this osmosis thing that was going on with me. I'd, we'd always have big dinners and have fried chicken. And it was always a gathering. And I loved being with everybody and just watching the, the whole family come together for food. That was the deal. You know, we'd have fried chicken, mashed potatoes and gravy, braised green beans, a big old salad. And we had that almost at least once or twice a month. But we had fried chicken every single week. Every house. so was it was there a night for fried chicken? Usually Sunday night. Sunday nights. And are your parents still with us? My mother is. My dad has passed, but yeah, my so mom's still. You does know. she come up to the restaurant? Oh, yeah. She, oh, oh yeah. yeah. How's that? Are you amazing. serving her now? She just. She's hilarious. So she comes great. in, hugs all the staff. Oh she's honey, oh honey, good to see you. <laughs> I mean, she's, it, she's just an angel. You know, she is. She'll sit at the counter, 
We'll set her up with some fried yeah. chicken. She, she's in heaven. She's I want to come and meet angel. her someday. <laughs> oh sit at the awesome. counter with her. That she's would be amazing. great. So, um, uh, outside of yours yeah. and your mom's, what's the best fried chicken you've ever had? Best fried chicken I've ever had was, uh, well, besides my, <laughs> probably my great grandmother's because that she was the one I think that really turned it around. Well, that me. goes back a few generations. We need to put that in the Country Cat yeah. website lore. It goes back. Oh, You'll catch it in the book. Babe. Yeah, in the book. Oh, the book, <laughs> yeah. right. And when's that coming out? 2015, September. And how much How much have you put into it at this point in time? So we're, Man. we're what, 12, 15, 16, 17 months away. We just, uh, we just finished, we just finished the manuscript for yeah. our internal edit. We give it to the publisher uh, July 1. And so, so was that, is that <coughs> a lot of the Narrative about your past. Oh yeah, the recipes. Where when do those come into play? Are they done yeah. or we have we have three more left? Right? Four. Four. <laughs> we've done a hundred. A hundred plus we've done. And your your fried chicken's going to be in there. Right? Yeah, everything. Okay. One hundred and sixty three pages of writing. It's a lot. It's a huge, huge process. We're two plus years into it already. Two years. Yeah. Two plus. Really? Yeah. No. Well, with the proposal. I guess, yeah. Have you talked to any of your other chef friends about their book experiences? Oh, have all they, of them. Yeah. yeah. Have they helped? What What have they told you that has helped <laughs> you maybe make it more efficient or more enjoyable? I don't know. Misery loves company. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, well, that's. I mean, it kind of is. It's more when we when we talk about their, you know, they check in, how how's it going? Um, we're like, we're almost done. They're like, whoo, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, and then they say, just wait till the publisher gets the, you know, yeah. goes through the editing process. Awesome. You know, and so it's, you're ready for hell. It's not, yeah. yeah, you know, kind of. I mean, it's there's no ego involved. You know, we understand. We, it's. I think the biggest thing for us is having our voice clear in it, and you know, they're going to change stuff. We're responsive to that. I think you know going in. Yeah, you know, it's just like cooking. Yeah. It's not about us. It's about the work. So it's yeah. you know, it, it's okay. Yeah, but still, you're putting your work into it, and you're. Thoughts and love. It's hard to be edited. I've been edited sure. before, and you, you have to step back and, and think. All right, was it that important? Yeah. Right. Um, you got to pick your battles, I guess. You got to sure. pick your battles. So, Jackie, your um, childhood. Where did you? Did I grew up in Los Angeles. Um, I am the youngest of three. I have two older brothers, and so my mom was a single mom, and that's kind of where I started cooking because you know she needed help with dinner. And so I started digging out some of her old cookbooks and I'd, she'd come home and I'd give her a grocery list to go get stuff and on her way home and I'd have something ready for her and then I would get more creative. And then, um, then I switched over to desserts for a while, started making birthday cakes for all my friends and then came home. She came home from work one day and I had this mefoy puff pastry layered thing. And she's like, did you make the puff pastry? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just read it out of this book. And, and I just, I loved the tangibility of just getting in there with my hands. And, and then I started, you know, catering friends' birthday parties. And then their parents started calling me in high school. And I just, I just loved the business. You know, my, my first restaurant job was working at the Hard Rock Cafe in Los Angeles. And th- that culture the family, the restaurant family culture was that, that was it for me. That was, I mean, I still have friends from the, that I keep in touch with from the hard rock 
there's nothing like a restaurant family. I mean, it yeah. just... And that wouldn't be the kind of place that you would think would have the restaurant family. I mean, it was a chain, and yeah, yeah. and it's L.A., so a lot of But it was, right, you know, at the point, I'm going to, I know, age myself here, but, you know, when I worked there, it, there wasn't, it wasn't the way that it is now. I mean, it's... Was it you know, L.A. and London? It was L.A., New York, and, yeah, L.A., New York, London, Chicago, I think. Yeah. Was so when you came to Portland, you you were, the purpose was the food business was to get out of Los Angeles and you know see what green trees and four seasons looked like, um, and I w- ended up going to University of Oregon and then made my way up to Portland and dove into the restaurant scene. I was like, okay, well that was the thing to do. How yeah. did what brought you here? I w- I wanted to move west coast and then it's time to get out of Missouri Midwest and. Uh, I wanted to move, not to a huge city, but to a city. I hadn't moved here, so I hadn't seen it. I'd never been here. You know, I uh, studied it for a year with this girl. She was, like, ready to roll. I'm like, let's jet. So we put everything in the van, drove out, pretty much drove the Oregon Trail the whole way out. Mm-hmm. That was in 94, August 9th. Trailblazer. Yeah, baby, right here. So, um so you've been here for a while. Food scene's years. ripened, mm. so to speak. Yeah. Where do you like to hang out? Dew's Grill. <laughs> I haven't been there. I've what? heard that from a few oh. chefs. I have Dew's to Grill is... Man. It is the shit. You're both agreeing Friday. on this. Oh, yeah. Oh, There's no disagreement. Get now. some Dew's. Dew's. Dew's Grill. We go to Fo, Fo Hung on 47th and Powell. We eat a lot of Asian food. Uh, Why is it that chefs love Asian food? It seems to be the thing. Like and I watched Anthony Bourdain with Andy Ricker yeah, great. the other day. It was awesome. fantastic. Oh, man. Uh, Parts Unknown episode. Yeah. And, you know, that's his, you know, he's in heaven with yeah, Asian, man. too. Totally. So what is it about Asian food that's uh, that's For us, I think it's just such different flavor profiles than what we deal with on a day-to-day basis. I think there's um, a sense of comfort, too, that comes from it that's not necessarily, that's obviously not American, but... You know, with the rice and the spices and the the, the noodles and the, I don't know. It's just, a, it's, I don't know. I could eat it all day long, man. Well, that's great. Yeah. So I've always told everybody when they come to Portland, uh, and I have these little programs set up, you know, this is what you should do. Mm. If you have a, a late morning flight, stop at Country Cat for brunch oh, on thanks. the way back and make sure you get a lot of jerky to take with you. Yeah, it's absolutely. Great. You can take it on. You can take it through security yeah. and yeah. actually maybe if the TSA people were smart they'd probably abscond with it. But <laughs> true. So, um, when someone comes mm-hmm. out from from your childhood or someone you know is visiting, where do you tell them they have to go in Portland? The the go-to places, Porkeno, I think is just one of the most consistent standby restaurants in the city, hands down. Um, we tell them Dew's Grill, Fo Hung. Uh, I think Ava Jeans has just got such a great, great approach to vegetables. I mean, mm-hmm. he does such such an awesome job, man. Um, Clyde Common, because it's such like a hip, cool, so you know, fun. in the middle of downtown, if you're going to walk downtown, stop and go have a drink. Their cocktails are great. Yeah. Um, it's Pock, got, Pock, you know, just because it's of the big city vibe. And it's so great. Pock, Pock's just <clears> yeah. Middle. You know, Asian, Asian, Asian. Look at yeah, that. well, it's... Uh, spicy, spicy, spicy. It's fun. So what do you... You have the book coming out. Yeah. What's in store for Country Cat? Do you... You know, you're one, one who hasn't opened a second restaurant. Yeah. Do you have that in the sites or uh, you, you're just going to 
Focus here, and then yeah. you'll see where you go from opportunity there. Opportunity presents itself, and it seems right, maybe. I mean, we just kind of got our life back, you know, a little bit. So loving being with the kids, spending more time with Jackie on a personal level. It's good. You know, we just uh, we just signed a lease to the Calico Room, which is two doors down from us for private dining events. So we took over the pastry grill space. Oh, Laura, nice. Laura needed to move on, so we, we got that, and we're going to be shooting in mid-summer to produce um, – uh, some pop-ups and private dining and basically give ourselves a little more room to do what we want to do. Uh, and then we'll kind of see, you know, I've got events coming up. I've got some travel. Um, some TV is going to be hitting hard pretty soon. And um, what, what TV? Our, can you our... talk about what TV is coming up? I can't. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Because good. I'm glad. Uh, Guy yeah. Fieri's great, but I think, you yeah, know, I think we'll take it up a couple notches. Yeah. You know, yeah. but he, that thing was amazing. That was the deal. Season. They closed the restaurant. How long did you have to close the restaurant? Three no, days. Three days. Three full days to do that episode. Yeah, it was tough. We have a, we have our clothing it, line though. that we're working on too. Yeah. Our aprons, our butcher aprons, right. bistro aprons, and we just yeah. put a baker's apron in production, and that's our broken cleaver line. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's bumping along. We're, we're trying to get it up a more get a little more press they're always saying have three things and that bumps bumps you into a line okay. so yeah. well you've got those so yeah tell us where we find those online Make, yeah. uh, where do we find the, the well they're on etsy um they're also on our website at the broken cleaver store uh so you can see a broken cleaver store tab so your website the by the way because it's never uh, what you think it is it's country cat that country cat Dot net. Yeah. The country cat. Dot the country cat. Dot net. The country cat. Yeah, so I said, it's not where you have to know. Yeah. The country cat. Dot net. Yep. And you can also Google country cat Portland. You'll get there. It'll get up as there well. Anytime. Um, well, thanks so much. Yeah. I great. appreciate it. This was yeah. great. I told so you cool. when, when you walked in, I was kind of a quiet morning for me. And I knew <laughs> as soon as you guys walked in the room, there'd be energy. <laughs> you and, know it, baby. And you carried it. So thank oh, you so much. No, I appreciate it. It's a pleasure, it. man. Real pleasure. We'll see you soon. Right at the Fork is brought to you by Ristretto Roasters. With five locations throughout Portland, Ristretto Roasters offers some of the finest locally roasted coffee in the city with gorgeous environments and service with big smiles. Let Ristretto make your day better with a cup or two of great coffee or beans to go. And by Zupans, unsurpassed quality. From the best meats and wines to local baked goods, fresh flowers, and an extensive craft beer selection. Step into Zupans and be inspired for your next meal. Food-loving customers as well as local chefs know that Zupans is the place to find the very best Northwest Bounty in Portland, West Burnside, Southwest McAdam, and Lake Oswego. Local and family-owned for over 40 years, Zupans Markets. Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Food Podcast PDX or on Facebook at Right at the Fork or online at rightatthefork.com.